hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the Ridi- the radio rental store as a kid? You yeah. hit it. You don't, because what's a radio rental store? Never been the there. excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there's something truly special about making that trip in a flying cab, picking a movie out by hand, and watching when you got home. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, two dudes who prefer cats to the real thing. Sean Pryor and AJ Vince, how the heck are ya? Cats to the real thing. I see what you did there. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? I'm just quote, but it's just a quote from the movie. It's just a yeah. quote from the movie. No, I get it. You That's, can't you can't you can't get in trouble because you just quoted a movie. That's all it is. That's right? a Ruby Rod quote. Ruby Rod! It's got to be. Ruby Rod did not say that. <laughs> no. Did you guys even watch this no. movie? No, it's no, it's, I did off memory. It's from uh it's from like one of his uh one of his colleagues or yeah, something. It's his colleague. It's uh fingers. Fingers. Fingers, fingers. says that. <laughs> uh, come on, fingers. Give me a break about the cab. Give me a break. I'm trying to quit smoking. You owe me food. I don't know. I'm trying it's just Bruce Willis. And then I just keep reviting into this. Real New York. Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> well, boys, on this episode, we discuss the most expensive visual effects budget movie ever at the time of its release. A movie that showed the future as very funny instead of dark and ultra dangerous. A movie that also showed a bunch of young boys what the perfect woman looked like. Our Bruce, our first Bruce Willis movie, if you can believe it. I Whoa. I don't think we've had him in a movie yet. We haven't done Hudson Hawk yet? I do not think so. We're, of course, <laughs> talking about 1997's The Fifth Element. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with The Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Well, if you are new to this podcast, we're going to be reviewing The Fifth Element scene by scene with a modern eye. But in That's order me. to do that properly, we got to talk about nostalgia first. We got to talk about the first time we saw this movie, what our thoughts were about it, and what our rating is. AJ, I'm going to start with you, man. Tell us all about the nostalgia piece. This is I'm I'm so excited to talk about this nostalgically because this blew my mind as a child. I mean, it blew my mind, guys. My, my mind. My mind was blown. Um. I thought, like, for some reason, like, Bruce Willis was just, like, kind of an ultimate action star to me. I don't know why. Um, it's not because of Die Hard or anything, because I didn't really... I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched Fifth Element before I watched Die Hard, guys, Same. all the way through. Yeah. Um, and it, it had, like, a lot of, of uh, just cool, fun elements that literally seemed like something you would just... A kid would dream up. Oh, this is what the future is like. Cool. And then I love all the little nuances, like the way the cigarettes are basically like reversed. You know, the mm-hmm. filters are, you are filter massive. Out a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. There was just something I loved about it, and something that seemed scary, but also very like uh, adventurous. And I, I just loved the movie so much. I, I'm. It's kind of wild. I'm going to give this a nine point six. I'm serious. Huge. Sean, what about you, man? I remember watching this for the first time. My dad was staying at our uh, uncles and aunts, 
and my my brother and I would go visit, and uh, they had like a plot of land, and we played. Did you guys ever play Ghost in the Graveyard as a oh, kid? Great game. We used to play that all the time, too and then we'd come game. in and too watch spooky. and watch. <laughs> it is. It scared me. It's too spooky. Okay? We'd come inside and watch uh, some movies, and I remember we watched Creep Show first, and that oh. that like formed my uh, taste. Uh, along with scaring the shit out of me. But then we watched this as kind of a chaser. But this was like also kind of weird and dark, but also very entertaining. And, and after we watched that, I remember we watched it several more times, and I loved it. I thought it was just so weird and different. Um, I'm going to go along with AJ. I'm a, I'm a nine on this. Nostalgically. Damn. Uh, so about me, I've actually never seen this movie. Whoa. Wow, Are is that the most surprising not scene that I've had? This one kind of, I think this is for me, for you. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I was trying to think back of why, and I think I figured out why. I thought this movie was Event Horizon. Yeah, yeah. And I also thought it was 12 Monkeys. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't figure out like what movie it was, and Event Horizon was the most frightening thing I think I'd ever seen as, as a child. And so why would I wa- why would I ever want to watch that again? Because you probably watched Jurassic Park first, right? Probably. And then yeah. watch Event Horizon, you're like, Sam Neill is a demon? <gasps> what? And What's so I think on? I think I just was confused and I and I have seen Twelve Monkeys, so I thought for some reason that this movie I've either already seen it or I didn't want to see it. So for some reason I just never got into it. Interesting. So this was my first watch. I'm excited to wow. tell you what I thought about it. Starling, our executive producer, he chose this movie with his powers. Nice. Starling, we're happy to have you. Here's what yeah. he said. First time I saw this was at my college campus movie theater where I had seen Bruce Willis and 12 Monkeys the year before. That was a crazy movie following Pulp Fiction, and I couldn't wait to see it. Apparently, my college years overlapped the peak Bruce Willis era as we still had The Jackal, boring, and Armageddon, yeehaw, on the horizon. (laughs) While the draw may have been Bruce, what I remembered most about this movie was Mila Jovovich, specifically her ass-kicking. I hadn't seen anyone kick dudes' asses like that since Keenang in Golden Child with a combat floor routine. Well done. Yes. Well called out. Lilu upped the ante and single-handedly beat the shit out of a group of shape-shifting Klingons in tandem with a catchy alien opera playing in the background. (laughs) Side note, that song was so good, I put it on the very first CD I ever burned a year later. What didn't the movie have? Don't say comedy, because somebody had the brilliant idea to cast Chris Tucker, the funniest guy from one of the funniest movies of all time, Friday, as a more hyper, taller, and flamboyant version of Prince. I thought he was going to say Rush Hour, but that's fine. Sorry. Well, we're talking about the time. Oh, yeah. Who was a Lothario stealing every scene. I was a nine and made everyone watch this movie. Guys, our nostalgic rating of this movie combined together is a 9.2. That Damn. is number four on our list of <laughs> any that's so of yeah. any movie. It, it's Ace Ventura, Goonies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Fifth Element. Ace Ventura is number one. Ace Ventura is the number one nostalgic <laughs> movie. Nostalgic rating. Yeah. Remember, this yeah. doesn't mean anything. This is how we felt as kids. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to strip. I just love it. It's like, yeah, you, remember how you're a kid and your feelings as a kid doesn't mean anything. No, no. So. <laughs> if, if you could do me a favor and just quit living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Got a, <laughs> nostalgic <laughs> podcast. Well, we, we have just to, stop here's doing what we, that. Here's the why we do it is because we have to bring it up to prove how uh, stupid you were as a kid. Oh, that's fair. Three yeah. Ninjas is number seven on our list. Oh, I love this movie. Yes. Oh, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> if we were all ten years old right now, we'd be like, let's watch it right now. Why are we working? We exactly. need. We need to have a ten year old, 
like a 12 year old and then like a 16 year old or whatever. And then that would be like, we'll, we'll redo like a short form podcast of this. We should <laughs> try to cast ourselves yeah. as younger yes. versions. Oh my God. If we did a live script reading of three ninjas, I would love that. Well, the reason we do the nostalgia rating is so we can strip it away. We're going to start stripping that away one thing at a time. We're going to talk to Sean about the pertinent, important details of this movie. What do you got, bro? Produced by Patrice Ledeux and Ian Smith. There's a lot of uh, French names. Oh, cool, cool. uh, Written by Luc Besson and Robert Kamen. Cinematography by Thierry Arbogast. Love that. (laughs) Music by Eric Serra. Edited by Sylvia Landry. Directed by Luc Besson. Cast, Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, Mila Jovovich, Ian Holm, Chris Tucker, Luke Perry, Brian James, uh, Tom Lister Jr., uh, Lee Evans, Al Matthews, and Mai Wen. Mm. Writer-director Luke Besson came up with the idea for The Fifth Element when he was 16 years old. Throughout his career before making the movie, Besson would always go back to the script and uh, refine it. In 1991, Besson met comic book artists Jean Jean Giroud and Jean Claude Mezares, who designed the comic The Circles of Power, which Besson drew much inspiration from the, uh, and recruited them for the design of this film. Besson then met Patrice Ladeau, a producer uh, for Gaumont Pictures, and Besson had a base for his team. Besson had either Mel Gibson or Bruce Willis in mind for the lead role. Gibson passed on the project, and Willis was expensive. The production originally had a $100 million budget for a 400-page script. The film then fell in limbo after not getting a proper financer. So Bassam made Leon the Professional, which was a great success. After seeing the success of that and after Bassam shortened the script, Columbia Pictures came on board, and so did Bruce Willis. So originally he, like, he wanted this. This movie was like, uh, like three parts. He's gonna have like a trilogy oh, of this. Jesus. It was oh. that that ex- extensive and long, but he uh, over the years combined it, nice, uh, and whittled it down for just a uh, a single motion picture. Basson recruited Gary Oldman after working with him on Leon the Professional and cited him as one of the best five actors in the world at the time. And I think you could still say that. Uh, yeah. Basson casted Mila Jovovich after meeting with three hundred actors for the part of Lilu. Bassan was married to Mai Wen, the diva in the, in the movie, mm. but left her for Jovovich while in production. <laughs> Prince was cast for the role of Ruby Rod, but couldn't make it happen around his tour dates. Chris Tucker and Jamie Foxx were both in line for Ooh. the role of Bassan, uh, but uh, Tucker's uh, Bassan thought uh, Tucker's skinnier frame was more suitable. Mm. While while watching this movie and taking down notes, I'm like, there's prints all over this. One hundred percent. Like I thought, I heard 1991 as they go into like the <laughs> the airport, what it seems to be, and uh, then I read up and was like, yes, definitely. It was some, supposed to be Prince. Everything he loves Prince. <laughs> definitely some Batman soundtrack vibes <laughs> yes. in there, you know. Uh, production began in August of 1995 in London at Pinewood Studios, having over seven sound stages. All of the special effects were a combination of practical miniature models and CGI. The Fifth Element premiered at Cannes Film Festival on May 7, 1997, and on a budget of $90 million, the film would take $263.9 million at the box office. Decent. Pretty good. Uh, one cast uh, casting choice that I saw for, uh, in my research was that Elizabeth Berkeley was supposed to be Lilu. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. And then they saw showgirls and showgirls and they're like, no, never mind. No, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Probably a really good choice. Well, <laughs> well, Bruce Willis was also coming off of Hudson Hawk and uh, a, another movie I forget, but Billy uh, Bathgate, something like that. Something like yeah, that. And like, it was like they were both like flops and they didn't they were uh, hesitant to uh, cast him, but uh, he eventually like I think he read Basson brought the script to him and read it, and then two hours later he's like, "I'm in, I'm doing it." <laughs> not even not even Bruce Willis was confident he was. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. He was like, "I don't know about that." Yeah, it's, it seems pretty cool. Let's I've had it. some clunkers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Well, you know this podcast needs your help. We're just three dudes trying to put out weekly content for you to listen to, but it's a crazy world out there. There are millions and millions of podcasts for you to choose from. So in order to keep this podcast free and growing and for us to continue on our mission, we have a mission for you. What we want you to do is we want you to share this episode with some friends. Oh, yeah. All you have to do is get on your little podcast form. There's a little share button. Hit it. You got a, you got a sibling who loved this movie. You got a parent who loved this movie. You got a friend who used to watch this. Say, dude, they're talking about The Fifth Element. Remember how cool that movie was? Share yeah. it to them. Just getting people to listen is one of the most important ways you can support us. And, of course, the, the biggest way is to join us on Patreon. We have a space where you can vote on upcoming movies. You can join our private Discord server, which is about to have some live video action. Yeah, boy. Blow, blow. We, we boosted, and uh, we have weekly audio bonus content for you. If you sign up today, you'll have like uh, like 70 hours just waiting for you. You can listen to it all and then delete your, your subscription if you want. Yeah. We just want yeah. you to check it out, see if you like it. Yeah. So go check that out, patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. We love you all. Up next, we have AJ. He did the research for us. It's got ratings and reviews from critics and fans alike. What do you got, man? Dude, it's about to go down on the tomato meter. Gross. 71% coming in at the tomato meter. Okay. Of all the movies we've done, that is tied with the Santa Claus. So critical critical review of this, uh, they think it's the same movie as the Santa Claus. It basically is. And they're basically Encino Man. (laughs) So, eighty-six uh, percent uh, from audience scores uh, in that Rotten Tomatoes world, and then this is a seven point six on IMDb. Listen to the company of the movies we've done. This movie is tied with Days of Confused, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Lethal Weapon, Christmas Vacation, American Psycho. Jeez, that is that is what the fans believe this the company this movie holds. Okay, stacked. Yeah. Um. How about some critical reviews, critic reviews, Los Angeles Times, Kevin Thomas gave this an 80 out of 100. The cast is a delight, but it's Willis, who is the film's true fifth element, giving it life, depth, and humanity. Mm. Um, I I love this one from uh, the Chicago Tribune. Michael Wilmington said, it's ludicrous, but it's fun. Besson is a filmmaker so in love with his own daffy excesses that he's able to pull us Laughing right into his world of loony pop. I we need to say Daffy more. I think we should say Daffy more. <laughs> you guys can you guys can do that. Okay, okay. Yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to give you a, give you guys a bad one. This is from Salon. Hey, ten out of ten out of a hundred. <laughs> one out of ten. Scott Rosenberg <laughs> said, as you sit through the interminable two hours, two hours plus. That constitute the fifth element, a colossally stupid, overbearing, pompous new movie by Luc Besson. You can expect to become acquainted with boredom on the most elemental level. All right. 
I like how he worked in the elements there. I uh, thought that was class. That was clever. That's Michael uh, Rosenberg. Uh, no, that's Scott Rosenberg. Scott Rosenberg. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Doctor Rosen Rosen. Pretty uh, daffy, if you ask me. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Nice. Good one. Thanks. I like man. how you did that one. Also, he's like, yeah, I, I got the, I got a film review, I got a film critic job. He's like, oh yeah, where at? <laughs> Salon. Salon. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait a second. You have to, there has to be at least two paragraphs where you talk about the hairdos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think he had plenty to talk about in this movie then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be real. Absolutely. That's where he's coming from. Yep. Um, so actually, that's perfect. It's spot on. Let's do a 10 out of 10. This is uh, the best movie ever made. Oh, said, yeah, yeah. Said Freak 2. 10 out of 10. In uh, 1998. This is, in fact, a 10 out of 10. Or if you want to get real critical, a 1 out of 1. <laughs> Um, well, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. It's either zero or one, man. Uh, hey, I'm just trying. I just want to be honest with you. We're talking digital here. We're talking digital. This is the best movie I have ever seen in my life. The first time I saw it was kind of weird, but it had a sort of charm that no other movie has come close to. After I watched it a couple of times, it turned out to have a good plot, good actors and actresses, except for the president, and great special <laughs> wow. effects. I'm giving it a 10 all the way. Nice. Look at that. You see? Uh, someone else gave it a 10. They said that this is one of Willis's best films, that he shows that he can do action and humor at the same time. Cool. Wow. Wow. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 10 plus. 10 plus what? So he didn't do it. <laughs> Left us hanging there. That's that's good writing. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's do some 1 out of 10s, guys, and then we'll jump in. Po- point 0.1 out of 1? This is Yes, exactly. Yeah. See? Cool. You get it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you up. All right. We'll see. Um, they're called uh, decimal systems. And, and go ahead. Yep. <laughs> that sounds daffy to me. <laughs> Silly. Mildly eccentric. Okay. How about uh, one out of ten? Please do not waste your money, said Woojin. 1999. This movie is very boring and childish. You will hate yourself about your choice when you finish watching this movie. There is no action, no philosophy, only ugly special effects. Chris Tucker's comedy is never funny. Bruce sometimes chose a good movie. Hang on. <laughs> Bruce sometimes chose good movie, <laughs> but shouldn't have filmed this movie. Because he filmed it, yes. Gotcha. Sometimes right. he do movie good. <laughs> this one, no, no. <laughs> okay, I just want to do this last one. One out of ten. I can't believe this movie averages a high score, said Jerry73. <laughs> just, I just love this it. Jerry. He's got new balances on. He's got- <laughs> Jerry was either born in '73 or he graduated. In well, Jerry was a race car driver. Um, I know. This is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. I felt bad giving it a one. Zero Fuck should have you. been an option. The story was the story was boring. The acting was horrible. And talk about a waste of special effects. Also, Chris Tucker is lucky he didn't kill his entire career. <laughs> Dude, we'll get to Chris, Chris Tucker. This is, although I can't remember his name, the critic who called this film Star Wars for the 90s should be demoted to writing reviews for high school newsletters. So you're talking about a guy who should be reviewing newsletters. That is a job I want. Yeah, that um, sounds like the job that this guy has. <laughs> And he's bitter about it, <laughs> Jerry. But he likes to he likes to break on out over to IMDb every now and again. <laughs> to be, to be, <laughs> to be more. Uh, 
I have a guideline for giving a movie the worst rating possible. I have to want to leave the theater. I've been I've seen technically weaker films, but at least I didn't feel tortured by staying. Yuck. I could leave. I could leave, but, but I'm I, choosing not to. It's, it's, on my it's not necessarily torturous, so I'm gonna stay. Mm. I do have a review to write. I better watch the whole movie. Well, I better watch the. I better finish my popcorn. <laughs> Said no one ever in a movie theater. <laughs> you finish it before the movie starts. That's right. That's always what happens. Duh. Okay. That's all I got, guys. Well, before we dissect this scene by scene, we got to talk about our amazing sponsor, Cedar Ridge Whiskey. We've been talking about them for so long that we finally got them to do something cool with us. Finally. They finally, they're finally like, why are you guys talking about us in every episode? Yeah. If you've seen our Instagram lately, we are going to have a hand selected single barrel confused breakfast whiskey. From Cedar Ridge. Huh? We were out there a couple weeks ago. Mm. We picked our barrel. It is unbelievable. It's we're not, we're not going to divulge any information no, yet. No, no. But what we want from you is that there's only going to be about 200 bottles. It's going to go real fast, and it's going to get shipped directly to your door if if you're in about one of the 40 states that they can ship to. So go to the link real quick in the notes of this episode. Click on uh, our mailing list. Because if you want your hands on this, you have to go sign up, or else there's no chance you're going to get one of these bottles we promise it's amazing because it comes from the best whiskey company in the entire world, Cedar Ridge Whiskey. You have to check them out. Wait for our barrel. Go online right now, cedarridgewhiskey.com. Buy one of their barrels. Get the American bourbon. Get the American quintessential single malt. Get the collaboration with Slipknot. Fuck yeah, dude. Check it out. You Go to go to your local distributor, talk to them about some whiskey, or order it straight to your door. You have to do it. And right. that comes from the crew you can trust. Obviously, we drink maybe too much of this, and so we know what it tastes like. We and know. we know we like it. And when we picked our barrel, it's the best we've ever had. Yes. So The best I ever had. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com 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 Well, boys, the world is tough out there. We're just trying to get by, mind our own businesses, and while trying to avoid losing our license. So that's how we make our living. One of these days, the right woman is just going to fall into our lives. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. And when she does, everything will be perfect, and we won't have to worry about a thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well. 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 Saving the world? Uh, no, everything's going to be fine. Oh, okay. Here we go. So scene one, a group of aliens called the Mondo Shaiwen, 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 Mondo Sean, Mondo Sean, arrive on Earth in 1914 to extract the only weapon capable of defeating a great evil from an archaeologist and a priest. 300 years later, the great evil appears and prepares to end life on Earth, despite the president's efforts. When the Mondo Shawans attempt to deliver the elements back to Earth, they are ambushed. Mondo Sean. Yeah, I like the... The the space shots a lot. They remind me very much of the Kubrick Kubrick two thousand one Space oh, Odyssey, yeah. especially with just like the stars, and then it kind of slowly pans up and it reveals a planet. It's but very, then, but then it flips around. Yeah, too. yeah. Then it's like, oh, but I'm a Basal movie. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the titles are very the thing reminiscent, like the the act, like the production and you know edited by the all those. They look exactly like the thing. Yeah, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I I like the opening of this. Like set like what was it 1914? 1914. Um, yep, that's yeah, that's when they're so, at the archaeologist. Yeah, and uh, I I like that it they take it back that far. 
but then but then it just is I don't know how many thousands of years into the future. Like what? I don't know. Yeah. Just, that's what it feel, felt like to me. But I love, I love that they're like doing the archaeology thing, and uh, because that's always one of my favorite things to research is like those old ancient uh, aliens yeah, stuff. Yeah, like what the pyramids, <laughs> how the pyramids got built, all that yeah. good stuff. Right? Yeah, I love that. I found it super interesting that uh, you know, remember I haven't seen this movie, and so I do no research, and I t- turn it on and I watch it. Oh, Luke Perry's in this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, Luke Perry's not in this anymore. Oh, no. oh Luke Perry's gone. <laughs> I, I even thought maybe he was um, Korg because they kept showing the back of Korg. I oh, thought there yeah. was some weird that he's uh, like here to exact revenge. It's like, no, Luke Perry uh, was credited sixth in this movie and he says less than 100 words and he is on screen for 96 total seconds. Mm. There had to be some very, very upset teenage girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, he's height of 90210. Oh, yeah. But, like, but imagine this. Like, you put him in the beginning of your movie, and you're like, yay! Yeah. Luke Perry! <laughs> I can't wait for him to show up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, I, I loved it. There's, there's a lot of movies that did that, though, in, like, the 90s. Yeah. Like, I think of uh, Arachnophobia. John Goodman was like John Goodman in Arachnophobia, barely in the yeah, movie. Yeah, he's on the poster. Mm. Barely in the movie. But <laughs> it's they're Jeff like, Daniels movie. These <laughs> fucking idiots. The internet's not invented yet. They're yeah. not gonna know. They're just gonna know. have to show up. Exactly. I'm I'm completely I'm fine with that. Um I don't know. I uh these aliens though, when they come down and around, I'm like, I don't know what the what what good functionality <laughs> I don't know how they survive. Like, are these just big space suits? Yeah. Is that what we're thinking? I don't know. But they're not in space. Well, they don't. Well, no, they're in. I guess technically they're in outer space because they're yeah. on Earth. Exactly. And that's not their home To planet. them, I don't know. They, they buzz light, you're this. It's like, <gasps> dear is toxic. <laughs> oh. oh, thank goodness. It's like <laughs> For a superior race, they do not walk very fast. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Hey, turtle, turtle in the hair, you know. I guess the tortoise in the hair. That's just the way the world works, and the galaxy works. Apparently, a peaceful being doesn't need to be fast and strong. Peaceful being just needs to be very strong in the mind. That's right. <laughs> but they all look like they either either like power lift, or yeah. they just drink gallons and gallons of bush light. Of bush light, yeah. Just. <laughs> So they're Iowans. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they're from Iowa. From the planet the of Iowa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is interesting because you're kind of just like this whole intro, you're just kind of going, okay, so we've got these aliens, but we've got these priests, but we've got this archaeologist, and yeah. you're a little confused at what's going on because a priest is trying to kill an archaeologist, but also, like, they're, they're parched. They've been in the desert for a long time, and they're ready for water. You don't have to pretend like it's alcohol. Just be like, here's water. Yeah. Drink this so you can die. Yeah. You know, but he's like, no, it's a toast. Ah. Oh, you can't. It's water. You can't toast with water. It's like, oh, yeah. These priests aren't very smart. No. <laughs> throughout this whole movie. I Yeah. I, I <laughs> Throughout this whole movie. The priests are like the dumbest character. <laughs> like, knowledge-wise. Knowledge-wise. Yeah. yeah they, they don't. Hey. They don't know a lot about a lot, but they know a lot about this one particular thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're just not great with social cues or gatherings of any kind. And they say the title of the movie a lot. In yeah. How many times? Well, I was they, they said it the one time, and I'm like, oh, they said it. And I'm like, that might be the only time. No, I think they say it like 25 more times. I counted. You did? Six. That's a lot. Twenty five. Wow, <laughs> it's six. But it's, oh, that's 25. a lot of times to say. Usually, it's like snatch. They're like, "Don't snatch." You're like, "Snatch." They, they said did it. it, and then that's it. Never say it again. They're like, 
The fifth element. Uh, it's time to die hard. He said it. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, but there seems to be a fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they do it, all six times. <laughs> well, no, we got to go get her because she's the fifth element. Man, this is like the fifth element. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere else with that. Sorry. Good thing the camera wasn't on me. Oh, that's a sweet skateboard, dude. It looks like a <laughs> element of the fifth kind. It's got four wheels. I wonder where the fifth element. Never mind. We got to stop this. Uh, All right. Let me take you on. So how, how do you feel about... Um, Debo being the president of the world, dude. Dude's coming up. <laughs> I I didn't it was put a it long together road. until now. It's Chris Tucker and Debo. I, yeah, dude, that's uh, awesome. Because this is ninety seven. Isn't that what yeah, it, yeah, this yeah, came yeah. out ninety seven? Yes. Uh, Friday was ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, something like that. So, well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize Luke Besson is just a huge Friday fan. <laughs> that's awesome. But why that's else? But why else do you cat? Do you cast him? Uh, what's his Leicester Junior? Yeah. Why, why? I mean, like, I actually really like. Him. I did too. Yeah, but, great. but that's a very that's not a choice. You just go. I had a hundred actors come in and audition, and you were the one that I want to. That's a this role is for him. Right. Right. You don't. He, he didn't win that audition. No. I think I think it was a it was a conscious choice. Not like you say. Like Chris not, Tucker said, "I'll sign on only if only if Debo. Debo's the president." Yeah. <laughs> like I I I love that. I really do. I think it's I I enjoy the casting. I enjoy like honestly most of the casting because a lot of it seems kind of uh kind of weird, kind of quirky at yeah. places and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mike's fan theories. Don't you worry about a thing. I'm Sean. <laughs> okay, so uh we're hanging out in Compton. We're in the 90s. Tight. And uh, Debo, Debo gets what's coming to him. Yeah. And he wakes up the next morning and he realizes, I got to change my ways. Yeah. I got to change my ways. I got to do better for myself, for my future family, for my future kids, their kids. Mm-hmm. Debo cleans his life up, goes to school, moves out of Compton, gets a great job, builds a successful life for himself, which then his kids get to establish on that. And they get to... This uh, President uh, Lindbergh is the great, 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 great grandson of Debo. Of mm. Debo Lindbergh. Yes. yes. They gotcha. just become lobbyists yeah. throughout they, the years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they just get slowly get involved into politics. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's great. You know, yeah. Debo became, helped, helped clean up that community. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I started down there and I was a ruffian, but I knew I had, yeah, you're and right. And that's what gets him voted. He's the one who got on to like their lo- into their local chamber of commerce there in Compton. And then that's set the path. President, President Lindbergh tells the story of his yeah. great, 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 great grandson who, yeah. who Gr- built <laughs> his family from nothing. Grandpa- yeah. <laughs> Gr- grandson. Gra- grandfather, you mean? No, because President Lindbergh's talking about his, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I do like the wackiness of this movie, but when they're looking at the the void death thing, the dark, the darkness, the the evil orb, uh, it like when they start like throwing nukes at it and shit, it gets bigger, and then the flame skull, which is fucking metal shit, like that. comes out at them. I'm like, do do, do we need that? <laughs> yeah, we do. Do we need that? We have to know that it's the great evil. Okay, <laughs> and that it's not just a planet because they don't Weed. really tell you that that planet's the evil. It's basically Shao Kahn. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. 
Shao Kahn's the great evil, and we just basically get the 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 dragon skull snake, you know, thing. The skull do, with the snake body. I do enjoy that, and I enjoy like uh, uh or tornado and twister sounding like a monster, like growling. Yes. Or like in Hurricane Heist, when uh, <laughs> I think it's an I think it's actually another skull when it, when the hurricane like <laughs> takes over something and like a skull kind of pops out. And I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I to be high watching these movies is, yeah. is the best option. I do like it. I do like it when um, there are points in movies where these natural disasters, um, they are they're like a monster. Great it's like, evil. It's basically just a big monster, a great evil. Yeah, like, and they just decide to put it right on the nose in this movie. But it it feels like a monster that's going to destroy things. Like yeah. it's like a Godzilla, but it doesn't have a persona of a Godzilla. Right. right. And I love that. I. The movies that do that, um, I've, I've found that are some of my favorites. And did we need the skull? No, no. I did think upon this rewatch, I was like, no. But then at the same time, like watching that guy just be like taken over yeah, by this, the blood freaky. from the head, like that, that, that adds to that like mystery factor of like, is he just like, is his brain just popping? Like, dude, <laughs> we don't know. Rough. Yeah, it's really weird. Hit it! If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I thought it was going to be the tweaker dude. That that's got like yeah, the that. really nice smoke. You no, that's the other guy. Yeah, no, he says that right. No, no I don't know. I thought it was going to be him, but then I actually really ended up enjoying the tweaker guy. Like yeah. when he's. Oh. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty ingenious to have yeah. it on your head. So yeah, I'm, cool. not, I'm not going to go hands free. I got to go. I got to go. The the general of this that that the skull comes at because oh, yeah. it's such a trope of the like the old military general who's like, uh, yeah, whatever. We're just going to nuke it. Yeah. And you know what? I have doubts. I don't hit the button. Like yeah. I love when the shitty military old general gets killed. Yeah. Because of his mistakes. Because so, of his mistake. So I'm I'm punching him in the face while the blood's coming down, while the skull's coming at him. Yes. Because I don't think he'll see it coming. I think mm. he'll be focused on the great evil and the weird blood coming out of his head and I can just yeah. jack him in okay. the jaw. Okay. Punch right to the face. It's the last thing I do because the great evil's coming at me. I like that. I'm into that. I was gonna say uh one of the other crew guys, he just he looks like he's got like very narrow eyes and like dark hair. Yeah. He's like I, I just don't like him. I just don't like his look. You know? Yeah. Uh but then there's the doctor when uh Lilu gets like when he's like all obsessed with oh, like yeah. rebuilding and he's like, and then you, you see this and see that and like, look look in there. You just wanna be like, Shut up, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like his performance. I don't know. Perfect. Yeah. I don't I'll go with you. Don't, you don't have to punch anyone. No, I mean I want to. Violence. It's fun. Violence. Okay. Um, what do you got, AJ? Do you well, got anybody? So it's it's not about it's not about anything other than uh, sometimes uh, I I think I just want to line up all of the security for the the ship or like the crews and just kind of just kind of slap them all because of their <laughs> outfits because they wear these like Donald Duck looking outfits. Like, but they have pants. Yeah, and there's something very like very funny, like sailor. It's like they're it's like they're all too small. Like they like they they ran them through. They sent them to the dry cleaners. Like, hey, we need these as soon as possible. Quick. Got and a then, new crew coming in. We got a new crew coming in. But then they came out, and it was the classic trope of, oh no, it shrank. <laughs> And that's what all their crew looks like. So I kind of want to just do a collective slap like of just a, yeah, like one of those. Exactly. Yep. That's what I want to do. I think Bruce Willis might be the like 
one of the top five smokers in movies of all time. Yeah. I was trying to think of that, and I don't know who's better. Yeah. Yeah, have a few laughs. <laughs> Save a few worlds. Come on down the way. Save a few worlds. Save a few worlds. The, the fifth element. <laughs> uh, man, fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 why, why, is, why is Bruce Willis so cool though? Like, cause he, he is, is so cool. He's the quintessential like cool dude. Just the way he presents himself on screen. He's just standing. He just woke up from his little nap and he's just like, I'm smoking and whatever. And you know, you he, know, like he definitely drive. he definitely always seems like he just woke up. Like he just hasn't seen a good night's <laughs> sleep in a long time. Like his characters, and I, I think it's like. He just he just hasn't gotten over something, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, well, sorry, sweetheart. Yeah, you're gonna have to go with the cops. <laughs> and then it's just like, I'm just too tired for this. I'm just too tired. I can't. It's the end of the road. It's the end of the road. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Sean, I had a, I had a. So we got the, we got uh, Father Vito Cornelius talking. You know, you've got 20 seconds and. He proceeds to waste about seven seconds of just pausing before he takes his 20 seconds. But that speech that he gives, he's like, there's there's nothing to it. It's it's just pure black evil. It's nothing but evil. Boom. It that is that is Loomis from Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's literally you could insert his speech about Michael Myers into this, and it is the same thing. In fact, I feel like uh, Ian Holm could have played Loomis. He'd be a great Loomis. Don't you think? Yeah. Just the way he delivers the nothing but the, the blackest, blackest eyes, pure evil. Like a shark's eyes. Yeah. Like like a shark, eyes. yeah. <laughs> I love the way he delivers that because yeah. I'm like, that's fucking Loomis from Halloween. That's cool. Yeah. And that speech is, uh, he says, you have 20 seconds. And it's actually 20 seconds long <laughs> it, it, in yeah, the movie. Yeah, it is. While wasting six seconds yeah. to start talking. I love that. Yeah. he's That's a great uh, casting. I love Ian Holm. Same. Like, it, there's something about him, and it, it's not like he's somebody that I seek out, but he's just one of those guys that I'm just like, oh, I love that. Guy. When he shows up, it's yeah. like, oh, this is yeah. pretty good. It's always great, and I love his. I love his performance in this. Like, it's he's he's timid about ever. Like you said, Mike, he's timid about everything else except he is so sure yeah. about what he knows. <laughs> but you know also, I mean? like once Chris Tucker gets on screen, like I think I feel like his energy kind of uh, comes off <laughs> on other people, and so like it does on Ian Holm too. He's like, it's. A- it's a, it's a, no 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 no. Yeah. If it was a bomb, like I, he kind of takes some some uh, traits from Chris Tucker a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I do want to break down what if you're talking about ideal jobs, like you you want the best career in the world. Mm-hmm. The best job in the world would be to be a priest in between 1914 and the and the 300 years later of the modern day, because all you're doing is just prolonging the knowledge so you can pass it on to your apprentice. Yeah. So right. you're you're a young kid. You're chosen. You learn from your priest. You learn all the details of the pure evil and how to defeat it. Then your priest dies. You're the priest now. Now you have an apprentice. You teach that priest. Then you die. Because someone's funding this. Yeah. You're not just like living. We have to make sure our, that you our live tax on, dollars. Our are. tax dollars are funding it. Yeah. And then I was also thinking like there's got to be some protocol here. Because what if two priests ago, the priest and the apprentice got on a space shuttle and they're like we're going on vacation and then that space shuttle blows up and dies <laughs> yeah. we're done like we're yeah. done you there has to, live, to be protocol you have to live a life of celibacy you can't drink alcohol no. no smoking for you you have to eat very well you know like stay away from starches your whole life you need you need to have this message in your brain to carry on to the next or else or else you're fucked yes like what if you like i mean maybe you have like journals and shit but like you're not gonna be able to explain no, that but, in what a journal. If, but what if your apprentice dies with you like you get a free car accident you're yeah. together then who's going to look at these journals and be like, 
the fuck? It's the whole thing. Like when the the president has like a meeting with with his all of his people, they they uh, garner that one person to stay behind in case they all get blown up. Yeah. Three three a helicopters take man? off and leave. Three cars leave, and yeah. you don't know which one people yeah, are in. The contingency plan. We need that. Yeah, this is important. This it is. And uh, so uh, I also gathered from this um, that these that now the priests who are part of this thing they have to be, they have to remain celibate. They shouldn't drink and do all that stuff because those are paths to like giving information out. <laughs> Right, it's like oh, I got drunk and I kind of told him about the saviors. Oh, I shit. wanted to impress this hot it's like, wand. It's like yeah, we were just you know pillow talk. You know, I just we, <laughs> she was asking about you know tell me something that you never told anybody. What you do know? you? And I wanted to impress her, and I felt like I should. I wanted to divulge a little bit. It's like oh god, well, now we got to kill this guy. You know how many of these priests are out there actually? And how many I people have? Secrets. How many Is people? It just the one. The how one. many people have they hushed in their life? Like, That's right. with that pillow talk. Are these like are these the greatest assassins of all time? Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I couldn't help it. She's pretty kinky, and she, I showed her that little key, and she's like, "What can we do with that key? What can we do with that key? What, what other holes does that fit, keep <laughs> oh. it into? And then, and what? What am I going to say? No. And sure, we had some fun and everything, but I had to kill her. <laughs> yeah, because she saw the key. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and, and then, then, and I, then you, you know, get this I, Colin Hanks uh, wish Colin Hanks look I, like yeah. whatever he is um, just just t- timid Ted is what I'm going to call him uh, and he I don't think he's got the chops to, to continue this lineage he's, guys he's a terrible choice for, I think he was the a next bad, I think he was a poor choice maybe maybe the ranks are just getting thinned out you know it's like you know they're having trouble keeping you know getting people into the priesthood and stuff, they're just having trouble. And it's like, well, we got to take what we got. He applied. <laughs> Is that how he just he got it? He just applied for yeah, it? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, you know, cool. there's some elements in my life, darling, that uh, I'm missing. I'm missing. And uh, I feel like I have. I feel like I have a home. That's one element. I feel like I have my dog. That's that's two elements. Um, and then I have, uh, you know, I have my the record podcast. player. My my record player is my third <laughs> yep. element. My podcast. I Fourth. love I love my podcast. And uh, there's only one element missing in my life, and uh, that's you. The fifth element. <laughs> you want to come back to my place? Is this no? <laughs> take the camera off him. <laughs> uh, take the camera off of him. No, he just licked the microphone. Yeah. No, no, I just, I just mimicked it. Guys, scene two. <laughs> yes. Scientists are able to recover a hand from the crash and use a, re- a reconstitution device to recreate it, whereupon it takes the form of a human woman named Lilu. She escapes the scientist and crashes the roof of a cab belonging to taxi driver Corbin Dallas. Dallas then delivers her to priest Vito Cornelius, where they help Lilu recover. Is this a prediction of 3D modeling? I think so. Yeah, basically. there's a lot of things that kind of predicted the future in this movie. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was like pr- back then when you saw it, you're like, that. Oh my god, that could never happen. Now it's like it's kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. sort of. I don't know if we, we can make a, it human. We but. got our Thunder Road yeah, came from see? that machine itself. Exactly. Look at that. Um, my question to you guys is because uh, maybe this is maybe it's just a memory lapse. For some reason, I cannot think about how they got this hand. Like or like like did somebody just walk in with it or like. Um, I, I'm just having this like serious memory lapse of how they, they re- showed up to these scientists. They recovered it from when uh, those uh, the, crash. The, the shaved mastiffs shot down that uh, <laughs> that ship full of the the bush light gallon yeah. drinkers. Uh, yeah, they recovered it from that. Those that was walking like, kegs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they recovered two things. 
They basically with lights on. And their heads are the their caps. heads are. <laughs> they they only recovered two things from this crash. It's a giant ship crash. Nobody in the world talks about it. It's not on the news. Uh, you think it'd be a big deal? This huge ship crash. Only two things survived: a random hand, yes, holding onto a lever, and a briefcase. Those are the only two things that survived. The briefcase was stolen because they thought it had the stones in it. The okay. hand. So does that mean that Lilu was like inside of one of those suits? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because it sure looked like a hand of one of the bush light guys. Yeah. They, and they're like, oh, we're going to recreate this. This is a part that I was trying to pay attention to like really closely, but I was having serious trouble because it's like it doesn't explain. It. it doesn't really explain a lot. It's just like, hey, we have this and we're going to do a recreation of what the perfect being is. Um, and is this a perfect being according to what their recreation yeah, like, is was she actually that like the the scientists just had like a lot of playboys or something or was it like oh this is what they are inside that this machine, is those exactly machines. what this was yeah. yeah i don't know it does not explain it it feels like a well we have this cool cgi technology we're gonna just do this i wish it would have also just like um it's like they recreate her but it comes out of that hand right and then like she's like the perfect being except for like she has a hand this like huge like hellboy she does. the hand is still in the yeah, thing when exactly. they start yeah it's, it's like, like one of those hands it's a fist and you put a beer in it exactly it's a Hulk hand <laughs> yeah it's a Hulk hand. she just has a Hulk there hand there she is she's perfect she's perfect except for that hand well, don't look at it what the hell it. happened to the hand it's, it's how you look at it it's pretty cool if you think about it oh trust me that thing's got perfect grip um <laughs> Oh, we went there. <laughs> well, and so Sorry. like if if they can do this with like a found alien thing from a different planet, uh, so like if your loved one dies, can you can you just take a piece of them so. and recreate them? I feel so, like, like it. This is like a no, like this mat doesn't matter anymore. Like death is nothing anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, they don't touch on that. We're just perpetuating like human race at this point, and it's like, hey, will you just uh, kill me and then recreate me at my perfect self? That'd be great. Before I before I discovered beer, vanilla yeah. sky. Can you do that for me? Before I ate that entire Jack's pizza by yeah. myself. <laughs> can you take me uh, back? Yeah, we can, for- but we cannot erase your memory of eating that pizza. No, that's shit. fine. Yeah, I can. That's I can fine. Bury I, that. I, I enjoy the memory, but not the feeling it left behind. So if you could take me back thirty-seven minutes ago, I can get through the act of doing that through therapy. So yeah. <laughs> there, there's some other things that don't make sense too, like uh, the driver's license point system. So he yeah. he gets in an accident that's not his fault because someone falls through the air and he like kind of gets off the road and he gets out. They deduct four points from his license. It's crazy. That's rough. Then, then running away from an active police situation where they're stopping you, one point. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, you, you get know? stars. Like if it involves, yeah, it's like just running away. You're actually reducing <laughs> your yeah. your start your point count, right? It's like oh well, if you lose them, if you get out of the vicinity of their you reach, reduce it. yeah, the, yeah, they got other things going on. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> they can't chase you after so. We got far. a we got a one eight seven on South Zunabashi. We got to yeah. go over there. But also That's like you, when she, when she falls into his cab and busts the roof and everything, she falls. Pretty far, you know, mm-hmm. and all, all he can do is flirt with her. He's like, "Oh, oh, hey," uh, you know. He's yeah. he's like he's flirt with her, but he's like asking her if she's like. He's not after. Are you all right? He's asking her. You all right? <laughs> like it should be. Are you all right? We are going to the hospital. You fell into a flying car. I don't know how far you just fell from, but it was far. Yeah. 
What does this say about uh, of all the technology of this new world? What does this say about uh, comfort and cushions and like bedding and stuff? My God, that saved her ass. Yeah, quite that's literally. Like my yeah. pillow technology. In this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like this is like Tempur Pedic. <laughs> Like, no shock, you're not going to spill a glass of wine if you jump on those seats. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great stuff right there, guys. I, let's let's talk about um, Mila Jovovich, though, as her, her role in this. Like, I, I can only imagine what it was like seeing this movie as a kid. Yeah. And seeing this beautiful woman. Boobies. With boobies multiple times. And, I mean, like... What was what was it like? What was it like? I mean, I mean, it seems like I love Mila Jovovich. I love everything she's done. I mean, she was in Days and Confused for mm-hmm. God's sake. She was in Pussifer. Like she's got a yeah. great voice. Uh, I I just love her in this movie, and I love. I think she ca- almost carries a lot of this movie. I think this is her movie, and it, it kind of sucks. Well, we'll get to it towards the end where she's like. Um, Kind of like Patricia Arquette in True Romance. Yes. She's kind of not in it anymore. Yes. She's kind mm. of like, oh, we need to save her because she yeah. can't handle Ooh, it herself. She's a perfect being, but we need to save yeah, her. Yeah, the guy's got to do it. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of hack, you know, because she does carry this movie. I agree with you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, was, when I first saw it, it just uh, affirmed my uh, love of redheads and orange heads. Oof. I was going to say, I've the, never uh, seen an orange head before. It was, yeah, like, I know. It was awesome. It's great. The, the perfect being has orange, orange hair. Yep. So. There we go. I think that says it all. Um, go ahead. Oh no! Even her delivery of this divine language. I I mm-hmm. I know that they actually wrote it. They apparently. made it up. Like they yeah. made it up and had conversations in it. Mm-hmm. Didn't she? She had a part in mm-hmm. writing it, right? Yeah. That that language. Her and Luc Besson would like have conversations with each other wow. and like send letters to each other in this language. It had it. She's she was already fluent in four languages, so learning this was fairly easy. The language had four hundred words. Luke Besson and Mila had conversations, wrote letters to each other. By the end of filming, they were able to have full conversations in the language. That's amazing. And I 100% believe it. Yeah. The way she's talking, I'm like, oh, God, is what language is this? You know, like, it's kind of like uh, in Lord of the Rings and stuff, the way they speak mm-hmm. in the Elvish language. Like, Jesus. Big boom. Bada boom. Bada big boom. boom. Bada well, big boom. <clears throat> and we've talked about it before, but, you know, you talk about somebody who's carrying a film or carrying, like, the, you know, it through. And, um, she is, and I think she's doing that because of how much she's not talking. She's just simply it's, the, it's her act- range of emotion. Yes, her facial emotion that she has to acting. rely on. You Dude, know? you're right. I think that's she a, doesn't say that much. She doesn't really say that much. It's I, a fish out of water kind of thing too, where it adds some comedy as well. It mm-hmm. makes you kind of love her like makes, a lot more than you already do. Yeah, it's it's very endearing. Yeah, you know. And uh, if this is the if this is the point with um. With her and she's eating all the food. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. But like those are the things that yes. I think is is really endearing about it. But this is know? when he brings her to. He's taking her the to priest. the priest. Yes. Um. I love what the priest says. He's like, "Oh, weddings are on the fourth floor. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> um. But he like he's he lays her down. And he's just like, hmm, I'm just gonna kiss her. Yeah, a little bit of <laughs> what you doing? A little bit of weird. I mean, he's he's, he's just so infatuated that like, oh, this this just seems like the only thing logical thing I could do. <laughs> well, I couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Like, why don't you care about my feelings? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the response, and it's just like, nope, you're an idiot, gun to head, <laughs> yeah. wrong move, dumbass. Like, not the right thing to do. Yep, shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. Okay, yeah, that was my fault. It's like, I love it. <laughs> I, want, I want to blow your mind here for a second, because I don't know if many people know this. Blow me, Mike. 
Huh? <laughs> <laughs> my mind, my mind. My, sorry, sorry. Blow, blow my fifth element mind. Uh, anyway, there's a he. Bruce Willis is on the phone earlier with the fingers, fingers, yeah, and fingers. he even goes, "Fingers is gonna kill me." You know, like there's this fingers guy. We never meet him. Yeah, we only hear him on the phone. Yep. Do you know who was who? Fingers was who was the voice of fingers? Let me take a wild guess. Tom Cruise. Nope. Okay. Uh, Alan Rickman. No. Okay. Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, no shit. Vin Diesel was the uncredited voice of Fingers on the phone. What? And you go, you you don't necessarily hear it because he's not turning on the, the thick family yeah. Italian family. voice. Family. But you go back and listen to it, you're like, that's Vin Diesel. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You go back and you can kind of tell because there's a moment where he's like, hey, have a smoke. You can have any beer you want as long as it's Corona <laughs> with your with your sushi dinner or whatever. Corbin, so, Corbin you're fired. Corbin. Oh, well, it's that's funny. Why didn't we ever get Bruce Willis as Vin Diesel's dad in Fast? Oh I don't know. Oh my God! Sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't mean to derail us there, but uh, wow. Yeah. Why did we never get that? I, why did we never get that? That's really unfortunate. Um, there's still time. There's. St- I think so. Well, I, I think it could happen. Uh, there's not. Um, I think. Uh, Fingers is such a weird character to me because we think of it and it's like he it's like he's an old army buddy or something and then he like gave him a job like Fingers was the successful guy after the war but and he and he's like the fourth uh, uh, element war the fourth element war and then we get to the fifth element war war <laughs> element war f- five um and Corbin Dallas is like. It's like he did Corbin a favor or something. It, like, you can come work at my cab company. It's part of that. There's a lot of unexplained things yeah. that are just like, well, what happened to Fingers? Do you, do you like that kind of stuff in this? Or do you, does, it, does it bother you at all? It, it just, it's, it, it's unlike, they never close out loose ends on stuff. Yeah. Which, which is sometimes my problem when you got a long movie that has a lot to take in. Why add? Why add the fluff? Like, let's just do what the movie's doing here. You know? Yeah. Unless it ties back in somehow. It's like a continuation. It's like, hey, this is just his life the way it is, and then it gets interrupted. You know, it's like, it's like that's how I try to rationalize it. It's like he's just living his life, and he's got all these little problems and stuff. He's trying to quit smoking. He's got too many points on his license. His boss is kind of breathing down his neck. That kind of thing. The army wants him back. You know, um, and that's how like. They kind of rationalize it. This is just his life, and then things just change, you know? I like, I, I get what you're saying for sure. And, uh, like, it, it is a lot to take in, but it does work for me as, as far as character characterization goes. Like, you know, he's, he's talks to his mom, who I hope is voiced by Vin Diesel, too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you, you, you want a trip to Floss, and you're not going to invite your mom. You're not I gonna, was in labor for nine months. <laughs> I was in labor for nine months. Um, but I do, I do. This movie is like a rolling engine as far as like one on top of the other. So like one thing will happen, especially like even in the dialogue, it'll be like it'll bring up a problem, and then and immediately like he gets a letter or something. Yes, you know, yes. or like. Uh, well, you know, what well, you you're, uh, it's all over the radio. It's like I would have heard about it, and then, and then boom, like the letters there. They, that that transition happens all of the time mm-hmm. in this movie, and I really love that. Like some somebody will say something, and then it happens. It perpetuates the story along so well for me. I do like when he's talking to uh, sorry, well, Vin Diesel's character fingers. 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 He's he's talking to her about Lilu. 
He's like, oh, about five, five. Red hair. <laughs> five, five. He's like, he's like on his back. He's like, five, five. And then I wanted to picture like a, a cut shot of him like rolling on his stomach and his feet up. <laughs> Fingers going, tell me more. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's Vin Diesel. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I kissed her, but I don't think she liked it. <laughs> did she fall in your cab? Yeah. Tell she me did. more. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> Does she Grease have a dad? Did she London. come from a lab? <laughs> Go all day. How does he do it? He just wrote Grease 3. Damn. Grease 3, the fifth element. <laughs> but the E is the three. It's yeah. Grease, Grease 5. Grease 5. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Grease 5, element. Element. <laughs> So scene three, wealthy industrialist Zorg has attempted to gain the stones as urged by communication with the great evil. Also, the surviving Mangalores decide to extract revenge and gain the stones for themselves. Dallas is later met at his apartment by his general Monroe, who informs him he must travel to meet the diva. Their meeting is interrupted by the arrival of Cornelius and Lilu. Dallas and Lilu go to the airport, board the passenger space plane while Cornelius sneaks aboard. Can I, we go ahead. Uh, well, I just love how Zorg is dressed. He's dressed like if Prince wore Tupperware on his head. Yes, <laughs> like it's all like all Prince, but if he just had like a piece of Glade, yeah, on <laughs> Glade, yeah, Glade um, Tupperware. Do they make Tupperware? They make candles. Sure. Yeah, they just like Rubbermaid on his head. Yeah, and it's like I don't know what that is, and I don't know what that's supposed to do. It's to keep the bad thoughts out and the good thoughts in. It doesn't work. Yeah, I know. No. Obviously not. But I, it's Gary Oldman. So. I do have to... T- yeah, and that's what I want to say. It's like Gary Oldman. That's all I just want to say. Just Gary Oldman. We had a great appearance from Gary Oldman in True Romance. And uh, I told, I, t- I said to you guys I was so excited to talk about him in this movie. Um, that man is just a chameleon. And I think about him in this role way too often, probably. Mm. I don't know what it is. There is just something about him that is equally like terrifying, but also I'm going to laugh at you every time I see you. Yeah. Because that hair is just atrocious. <laughs> you're, you're scared shitless of him, but kind of want to have a beer with him. I kind of. <laughs> that's I, probably. It's like even Drexel, too. It's yes! just like. Yeah. I, I need to know you a little bit more. I'm living on the edge of a knife right now by hanging out with you, but, yeah. I, just, but I just can't resist. <laughs> Tell, yeah. me yep. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. He is... So I, I I'm, hate to say this because, again, I have not seen this movie. I, have not, I had not seen True Romance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know much about Gary Oldman. And I'm now watching these movies going... Is he the most versatile actor ever? He, yes. Yeah. It's what he, like, you know, he won the Oscar for playing Winston Churchill. It's just like completely transformative. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is, yeah, this is him. This is probably, Gary Oldman is probably the most chameleon like actor we have ever had. I mean, because like, even Daniel Day Lewis is arguably the best actor but, ever. But you know, it's Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly. That's the thing. And so, like, when you watch Gary Oldman as Drexel, you're like, what? That's. That's I don't think that's Commissioner Gordon. That's yeah. Commissioner Gordon. Because that's and, how I that's how I view Gary Oldman. That's yes. how my head goes. Correct. That's Gary Oldman. Yep. And so then to see him in all these other movies is fucking awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. he was in Leon the Professional as the villain in that too, which is the movie Luke Besson did before this. So he was like doing him a favor being in this movie, and just it was a favor movie. 
but yeah. he, he's one of the like most iconic villains you could probably even have in a science fiction movie. Well, and and again, it's very similar to what we heard about True Romance. He took this basically without even reading the script. Yeah. He, like you said, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm friends with with Bassan, oh, so I'm great. gonna like yeah, that sounds good." And then he sends him the script, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this will be fun." Like, <laughs> what the heck, man? And and he can just do this. He can just create this. You never see Daniel Day Lewis. Correct me if I'm wrong. I guess, but do Drexel? Yeah, no, I don't right? think so. And then and then to go to something like this, you know, um, it's just it's just range, man. And his his interaction with um, with the priest, mm-hmm. I think, is a great one. Yeah, I think it's absolutely. Uh, hilarious the 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 two two sides of this conversation look at all these little robots come in and they all have their own little purpose think of all the families that come on through and uh, built these robots and all this stuff and you're just like these Roombas yeah, yeah. think of all the people that put together these Roombas all right <laughs> and you're just like yeah that's actually that's a pretty good point and he's just like so wait is Zorg maybe actually making a great point here I mean he's an industrialist He's giving a lot of people, fam- uh, a lot of families, and then jobs. He's going to take that money that he gets from the great evil, and he's going to spend it on. He's probably going to build a g- big, huge factory, and give people more jobs, more jobs, more yeah. jobs to build more Roombas. That's act- that's right, and more. Uh, more and he's going to go. He's going to go live with the whole head, head, yeah, head hat thing that's made out of Tupperware. And he's like, I think this is going to be a big seller. Zorg he, jobs. Zorg jobs. Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg jobs. Chokes on a cherry again. Steve Zorg. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Zork. Well, um, well, what a fucking weapon, too, by okay, the way. Okay. So yeah. Uh, okay. Ooh. Damn here's it. a prop. Give me that gun. You can't have a gun. I'm taking it. Is I that know. the best gun ever? It's yes. the coolest fucking thing. And I love I love when he's like uh, in the classic flamethrower. <laughs> my, fl- my favorite. My favorite. Why does he have a southern accent? I, I don't know. It's such a weird choice, but I, I love just it. love it. It's like it's this whole it's this whole thing that some he came from that's his. That's his descent. It's like my last you know. spilling out his mouth. Spill, my ass is spilling out your mouth. You know how much I hate soul patches, and I don't mind uh-huh. his. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it. I, I think it's just fine. Um, you got a prop? I got a prop. What do you? What do you got? Multi pass. Uh, do, yeah. do you want your own multi pass? I want. Or you want her multi pass? Multi pass. I want. Uh, I want Corbin Dallas's multi pass. Ah. Yeah. Which one exactly? <laughs> I'm Corbin Dallas. <laughs> I'm Corbin Dallas. <laughs> I just love it so much. Okay, I here's here's my thing. I'm 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 going through a midlife crisis. You know, I've been growing my hair out. I had a baby. I think that this is summer. I'm gonna wear a lot of tank tops. Nice. I think that's what's gonna happen to me. And I so I want the orange tank top. I think I I think I'd look pretty cool. You're gonna platinum your hair too? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm when I eventually too. cut my hair. I think I'm gonna platinum it because my receding hairline's the same as Bruce Willis in this yeah. movie. So. Well, it's kind of encouraging. Yeah, it yeah. is. It feels good because uh, I probably am older than Bruce was in this movie. But I'm just gonna wear an orange tank top a lot this summer. So nice. I want I want, that I want for Bruce's. You. Yeah, I like that. I think it's gonna be great. I love that. I also really like on when he's explaining the gun. He's he does like the flamethrower and he's like in the new ice. Ice yeah. cube. Uh, he's like the ice cube option. I'm like he just presses the button. He's like today was a good day. Good day. Like ice cube just yeah. starts playing. Just starts playing. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. That was it Friday. <laughs> That's right. Chris Tucker. Yeah, you All get right. it. You All get right. it. I'll I like it. I like that a lot. AJ, you were going to talk about the the scene where she's like basically digesting human culture. Yeah. and eating food and learning. Yeah. I think this is basically Encino Man. You think it's Encino Man? 
She's a, she's a caveman. She's, she's a caveman. She's a caveman. She, but think about it. They find her. She knows nothing about the modern world. It's right. X amount of years later. Now yeah. she has to watch television and eat food and learn. Do yeah. you know what she really is? What she really is? She's the fifth element. She's the fifth element. I think you're right. Um, and I love I love this because it also it also brings me back to uh, like. Back to the Future too. It's like, oh my, you really can't hydrate a pizza. And she like <laughs> sprinkles that stuff in. It's like, is that how people get food? No, I loved it. I when especially as a kid, she just puts like a little cube on on a on a plate, and then she puts it in for a second, brings yeah. it out to an entire chicken an entire, meal. Yeah, it's an entire meal that it she's looks just so going good. through and like consuming all this knowledge. Yeah, and stuff. And it's like her little again. It's her little mannerisms that are so endearing about it. It's just like, <laughs> like walking with that big plate of food, and she's just like, it's just more please. Like, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, what about the scene? Like, you know, this whole thing where the this is where things get weird for me in this movie. The whole we're sending them. We've got to send you to this island, so we fake rigged a contest, and then, but the, the the cops or the army wants you to go, but we want you to go. But then these guys are coming to get you, but they think you're him, and it starts. The movie starts to lose me around this point, mm. and I don't know why. Maybe I just haven't seen it enough times, but it just seems like very hard to follow what's happening and why things are happening. It gets very fast paced, yeah. around this point where like they really need to get this. They really need to get you to um, saving the world. You know, got to get there. We need to get you to saving the world, like the the audience. We need to get the audience there with us. I don't and know. Then even taking them to the airport, like a lot of this just seems unnecessary. This whole like, well, I'm Corbin Dallas, and I'm Corbin Dallas, and like, does does all that really need to happen? Is that does that enhance the movie? This whole like. We don't know who Corbin Dallas is, and you think you are, and you're trying to get on the plane too, and you want to be the guy that wins the contest. It does for me because I think it's like a lot of the comedic moments in this where it's just, you know, everyone thinks that they have the solid plan and they're taking the Corbin Dallas persona because they think they can, you know, and everyone, uh, like all the evil and all of the uh, good guys are taking, like, this is their thing. This is what they're hinging their plan on Mm -hmm. you know um and i like how they it all converges and then ultimately the the real corbin dallas gets on with lilu um i it works for me i think it's funny and i like that it all converges and then it spreads apart again and then until the end when they're on the ship all together it comes together again but explosively you know it's uh i i i like the way you explain that it's like all of a sudden all these all these pieces and parts i'm I was about to say elements. <laughs> All these pieces and parts like come together at this one point, this like kind of bottleneck point of yes. of the airport or like or getting on to the ship or whatnot. Or, it's it's not an airport, it's a trash dump. It's a trash dump, yes. Which is completely unexplained and I don't understand why. Sorry about Go ahead. They they deleted say scenes. they is, is, it, it? is it deleted yeah. scenes? Yeah. That, that I would one love point, to know why. They the just, only thing they say is like, oh, sorry about the trash behind you. What the fuck? There was like there was like an alien race or something that was like uh, like on strike or something, and they were like the garbage men of the of New York or something. Uh, And they 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 filmed scenes of them like with signs like being on strike in the background, but they took it all out. Okay, gotcha. Just gonna ask another another thing where just you really don't need it. Yeah. Why? Like why? What is? How does that enhance the story? I even in the original script, what does that do to make to make me be like? Yes. 
<laughs> it's uh, a, you know, it's the same yes. idea. It's it's the same thing. Of, <laughs> I fucking love this uh, movie. Yeah, no. Oh, we finally got to the trash. Look scene at all the, the trash. <laughs> oh, yeah. the guys are picketing. Check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> They're the garbage men of the world. Well, and again, I think I think it, it's the same. Um, it's the same thought process of. Why do the buildings have to be like ninety million stories high? I had that. You know question what I mean? Too. Like why? Like that means that there's people in these buildings at every level, and they're flying at this insane level. You know, flying cars and all that stuff. It, it's like it just adds to the. Um, it's like an overwhelming uh, feature of this world. I think at some point on the radio it says like the seven million people of New York or something like that. Like it, it yeah. says that some outrageous number yeah. of how many people live there. And I think that's the only way to go is up, I guess, you know, yeah. like a, to me, it became like a uh, pollution thing, like where the, like where the clouds are and ah, like they yeah, had to kind yeah. of yeah. elevate a little bit more to get out of that. It got so toxic. Get yeah. that vitamin D. dude. That's yeah, right. that's right. Because they talk about like, oh, they, we get to the fog, like when in that uh, car chase, yep, yep. they do talk about, well, we'll get down to the fog or something like that and they won't really chase us or something. It is, it is strange if you really want to dissect this to think about how hard that would be. I was thinking about it in a 3D sense of roads. In the future, like you've got, yeah, you've got uh, crossing <laughs> roads on on like every. You just go up ten feet, and there's another. And so, if you got to get to Seventh Street, fourth level, you got to, yeah. you got to. So, like, I was thinking about how intricate that is. But then, at the very beginning, they show this ring around Earth that's got red lights and green lights. Yeah. That is the opposite of three dimensional because you could literally space is three dimensional around the earth. You could just go up and then come down and just go past red lights, but there's just one <laughs> ring of roads around around the earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah stoplight zone. There's one stoplight zone. Like that's the only way to get to Earth. Well, the light says red. <laughs> dang it! Dang it. <laughs> Damn, dang! They just haven't thought much. You gotta you make know, the light. You, you think of space as being three dimensional, and and that was the last place they actually made any three dimensional. Yes. <laughs> Last place they decided it's like this is just too complicated, guys. This, we, we need, need to, to show red light. Okay, we gave him permission. Come on in. Yeah. There's not even a gate. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not even space balls. They got an airlock. I was it's just gonna like say that. it reminds me of that so much. Yeah, they don't have an entrance. That even. makes it's more just, sense if the entire planet was covered, but there was just one garage door that would just open and close because uh, like it's ridiculous balls. and practical. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, let's move on to scene yeah. four. So on the flight, Dallas meets interstellar radio personality Ruby Rod. Here he is. Upon arrival at Floston Paradise, Dallas attends the Divas show and is interrupted by the Mangalores and the Divas fatally shot. Dallas removes the hidden stones from her abdomen, giving them to Ruby Rod to hold as he defeats the Mangalores and saves the rest of the passengers and crew. Zorg fights Lilu at the Divas quarters and takes the case uh, he believes containing the stones while starting a time bomb. Dallas, Lilu, Cornelius, and Ruby Rod leave it on the Zorg ship while Zorg is killed by his own bomb. I like uh, the the little tiny detail too of like oh there's parasites on the on the landing gear go mm-hmm. get them off and they just flame throw them off you guys know what those are they just look like little uh, I've seen them in like toy stores before boglins boglins yeah they're like the little vibrating balls those. with spikes on them that thing yes yes, yes. called boglins. that's what they use I, I had one as a kid and I'm like that looks they they move just like that yeah and I'm like oh what are those and then I read was, they were actually boglins just like made up to be like alien looking they 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 I just always remember those like in some like 
almost little playpen thing and yes. they just like bounce around. <laughs> and, uh, that was it. I was like, I don't even know the point of those things. Yeah, they're but. like they're like ja- uh, jacks, the little X ones. Yeah, they're like those, but they like bounce around. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's just talk about it. Do it. What do we think about Chris Tucker in this movie? I I love it. Ignites a fire under this movie. It's it, it's a totally different movie once this man steps on stage. Yes. Scene. Yep. It's, it's crazy. almost too much. You're just like, ah, wow. Oh, okay, yeah. hold on. I got to reposition myself for the rest of this movie. Yeah. And you you think of him in like probably his most prestigious role is the Rush Hour movies, right? That's why people will probably think about him and Friday. I think of it. I think of Chris Tucker always as Friday. I like, think of that's kind of how I Jackie him. Brown. I love him in Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, if it's not Friday, it's Rush Hour for me, right, and right. I'm just like, yeah. And then you have this as this like secondary layer of like, I think. I think showing some of it, some major range for Absolutely. him, even though I know it's just like peak Chris <laughs> Tucker, but it's redlining at oh, all times. Oh man, just yeah, exactly. Ruby redlining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, and uh, I know Chris Tucker took a lot of like I know Prince was supposed to be in this role, uh, but Chris Tucker took a lot of inspiration from Michael Jackson for this role. Just like the kind of outgoingness, at least on stage, anyway of his personality. And yeah, once he, I mean, once he's on, it's just on. And mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like, you can't get him back in the bottle. Once yeah. He's, once he's seeing, out. seeing, uh, Mila Jovovich in this, like he's kind of transformative and everything. And Gary Oldman. Uh, I think this is Chris Tucker at his most playful and his most best. Mm. Like I, it, I just think he, he's, he looks like he's having such a good time. Yeah. And I love it. I think we were all begging for him to have a role like this. You yeah. see him in Friday, how animated he even gets in that in that role, how animated he will Damn. get in Rush Hour, and but to be able to see him in like just hey, we're gonna make you a cartoon. We're going Go. even further than yeah. you've gone before, and then loving to see it against a against Bruce yes. Willis. Yes, when he's just like, "How's it going, my man? Great, <laughs> great." <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. I do want to go on record and say that um, I know this was based on Prince, and I know everyone loves Prince. I love Prince's music. Prince okay. could never, ever, ever, ever have pulled this off. Mm-mm. Prince is way sorry was way too like he would have cared way too much about things, he, and he would have he would have thought way too hard about like, well, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to say that, and you know who I am, I'm Prince. Chris Tucker was like, "Got it, let's go." He thought it was too flamboyant, like the like the outfits and everything. Prince, Prince did. Prince thought this role was too Prince, flamboyant. Have you looked at yourself? I mean, he's the like the day before you said that. He's like the. I mean, I don't know if he like wants to go by that or wanted to go like the androgynous king queen. You know, yeah. like he was sexy to everybody. Yes, okay. yeah. You know, well, and and so uh, again with Prince though, Prince is when he's on stage. He might be he might be Ruby Rod, but when he is yeah, and and you talk anytime you're like you hear people talking about Prince, when he walked into a room, he floated through that room. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't a bombastic presence through the room because of because he was overly flamboyant or anything. He was a presence because people saw him and were like, "That's Prince." He was a Prince. purple cloud just going. Yeah. through He the just room. floated through, and then he and then when he hit a stage, he just exploded. Watch you know? watch the movie Purple Rain and watch Prince's acting job in that, and tell me that he could have done this. We're gonna cover mm. that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a funny moment. Uh, Ruby Rod's having sex with the stewardess. Oh yeah, and and that whole 
that was just such an eccentric scene of just like all these things happening at once to building up to a liftoff. We want the explosion. It's a very French thing. I felt yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. It's like oh, French word. <laughs> yeah, okay. Make make the sex happen when the rocket takes off. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't go to black and white. Right? <laughs> but he says he makes a comment and he said, "I never felt this way before with a human." Yeah. So that indicates one of two things for Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod is either an alien species. Yeah. Or he's had sex with strictly aliens. Yes. Hey, everyone's got a type. Just say it. Everyone's, everyone's got, got a type. type, man. I don't know. Don't care, but I wanted to point it That's out. Yeah. Right. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a great note. Um and yeah, he's you know, I bet he's probably gotten freaky with just a lot of different species. I think that's great. You kidding me? Of you know? course. What it's the great hell, for him. What the hell is Zorg excreting from his Tupperware head? Is During it, this You mean time? when the great evil shows up? Yeah. The, the, is, is it blood again? It's the same as the general from the beginning. So is it like, what's, what's it, what do you think that is? What do you think? Like, is it just like a combination of sweat, blood, and tears? And, and rock and roll. And shit? I think it's uh, evil... I think the evil gets into their head and pop, makes a little hole mm. and just starts squeezing blood out of it. Just See, it's another thing just that's to never, show you what it can do. Another thing yeah. that's never explained, but I like that it's not explained. Yeah. I like to. I want to like have theorized. I don't want it. that to happen. Right? No. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want to. Nobody see, wants that. I don't want to see complete evil and start shitting out of my head. <laughs> start, yeah, because like I, I kept thinking it's blood, but I'm like, is that black? It looks like is oil. It like, is black it like blood. black blood? Black blood. That's the worst kind. Yeah. Shot, it's a liver shot. Ow. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't like that. You don't want that, guys. It's not good either. What do you guys think about uh, all of a sudden we're at an opera now and we're listening to opera music? The the blue xenomorph? What do you think about the blue xenomorph? Yeah, it looks Majin Blue from Majin, Dragon Ball Z. Majin Blue. <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> it's one of the Avatarians. Avatars? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah apparently that's my my win. That was Luc Besson's fiance on set. The one that played that played the physical yeah. creature was my win. Uh and I I like it a lot. And the makeup's great. And I like the fact that uh, Luke Besson hid her from the cast until she went on stage. So when he cuts to like Bruce Willis, his reaction is genuine. Like he was mm. like in awe of what and he was seeing. He, and, and I hearing. think hearing it too, because that was a pre recorded uh, opera that was sang by Inva Mola, is the one that actually sang that. And they said that um, it was so impossible. Like th- those, those were not humanly possible to achieve. The voice cannot change notes that fast, even right. if you're that good. Um, so there, were, a lot of it was spliced together to make that final modulated. Product, but, a yeah, bit. but it made me think of like the the greatest female singing performances that I've ever heard. Like that is clearly one who, even if that was enhanced, that's mm-hmm. fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. The yeah. shit he was doing, the notes she was changing to. But I think of two more. I think of Claire Tory is and Pink Floyd, great gig in, gig in the sky. You know? That? Oh yeah. Oh! Yeah, that's that's one of the best. But in my opinion, one of the best recorded, most mind blowing female things is uh, Rodlene Getzik. She's in Knife Party by Deftones in that middle section where it sounds like she's being killed, like scream. She goes from she holds a note for like 34 seconds with multiple inflections. And I'll I'll, I'll play it for you after this. But I, I love that kind of insanity and in vocal like uh some of those operatic women i'll give you one yeah. okay. it's, it's not really like operatic or compared to the, i don't even know if that's a word by the way operatic. no I, I like it um i'm not afraid to die by uh gillian welsh it's, okay. it's in the movie uh, um hell or high water okay I, it's oh, like shit. A, it's like a, just an acoustic and this woman singing it's one of it's i think it is my favorite uh uh female vocal performance of all time i love it damn nice. 
That and Cat Power did a cover of uh, a Nina Simone song. Oh my God! Just look it up. Just just go. Just I guess go. I know what we're going to be doing on our um, uh, uh, private Patreon yeah. bonus episode. How about that. Yeah. There you go. Take that. Take that. Do. Uh, but, but wait, hold on. Okay, go ahead. But there is one thing I do hate so much about this opera thing. I loved. It actually strangely fit going on with like fighting and everything. But when it turned into like like a it had a beat to it all of a sudden and oh. she and she's going, she's dancing yeah, really she's weird. Doing like that. I fucking <laughs> literally is like, I fucking hate this. You're, you're the minute upset about she started this. going, I was like, nope, yeah. I, I can't. I don't I don't want this ever in my life ever again. You were out. Yes, I was, I was out. out. I was out when she started to do oh. <laughs> Like, uh, solid right there. I yeah. mean, it's great. It's uh, good. Oh, mine. Continue. Oh, thank you. oh no, I, w- I was gonna say. So, so were you? Were you just like? Were you sitting there in the in the opera, thinking to yourself, "Oh God, somebody shoot me." <laughs> Because I bet if anyone else was, they were like, thank God. <laughs> wow. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. No, so you got your wish. Like, but but there is a point, and then it's like uh, this: the stones are inside me, and it's like, how'd they get there? Yeah, those how? stones existed before. Listen, we all we all love this is exile or exile on Main Street, and like I feel like their songs are in me too, but uh, I don't I don't really feel them like it bricks in the my stomach. The actual vinyl's yeah. not inside. Of no, you. Right. no, not at all. Well, it was a fun joke. That's, that's good. That's good. That's a good joke. I yeah. just came up with it. It's fun. How'd they get there? That's what I want to know. Just how'd they get there? And and that's a lot of stones. Have you seen you see how big those things are? She was in too great a shape to have those floating around. Are those like her organs too? No, they can't be. <laughs> and, but what and what happens if like no, no one shoots can't. if no one shoots her, then she's like, come with me. And they go to her suite and yeah. she's like, True. I have the stones. <laughs> No, she's like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, right? Like she, she know. Well, what happens here? <laughs> she, well, she dies they, violently either way. They go back. They go back to her suite, and then they do the thing of like, uh, here, just wait here. Uh, I'm gonna slip into something. I'm gonna slip out something more comfortable, and then she just goes into the bathroom, and it's just, <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Oh, <laughs> it was. Oh my god! It wasn't in her. It wasn't in her stomach. It was shoved inside of her so she could poop it out. Right. It wasn't just like under her skin. Oh, she was smuggling them. She was yeah. smuggling. Yeah, them. She's, she's a mule. She's a mule. Yeah. So I mean, what if that's the only way she sings that good? They all come out and they're just all wrapped in like a balloon, just like each one individually, just like, <laughs> literally condoms. Like, oh, these are suppositories. Got it. Okay. <laughs> that's Mangalore super condoms. They're bigger Mang- than most. <laughs> Mangalore condoms. So this whole like shootout action scene is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. What Mike, your first watch? What did you think about all this? Yeah, I I was it was I was overwhelmed by how much was going on because there was this and then there was that and this scene was happening and that scene was happening. But yeah, it was it, it took a turn I didn't see that was going to happen. Like all of these characters are meeting together like in this moment almost, you mm-hmm. know, and all these things are happening. This would have been the return of the king. If mm-hmm. this was going to be a trilogy, this would have been the third movie. Yeah. All of this whole, everything on the ship, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I thought it was good. This whole thing, I mean, this it's a long sequence. It is. It's a long sequence for a lot of action, and there's different, ele- like, there's different, there's different parts of this <laughs> action because you have what's happening with like Lilu, and then you have what's happening obviously in the in the main parts of the ship. Um, 
And uh, I, I, I really like a lot of his, and I, I also really like, like the end of it when uh, what's the guy's name? He's the head of security, and he was in. There's something about Mary, and I don't know. I can't remember his name. But I think that's not Alman. Lee Evans. Lee Evans is that him? I'm pretty sure that's Lee Evans. I love the part where he's just like, I've, I've, I've never, I've never negotiated before. I've, 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 <laughs> mind I if I, so, I give like, it a shot? Mind if I give it a shot? And he just, he just goes in, caps. Is like, anyone else want to negotiate? That is the most powerful, badass Bruce Willis scene in a movie I think I've ever seen in my life. Hey, all um, right. Yeah. I love it so much that he just goes in there, one to the head, and it's just like you take out the leader, they all just fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, that is awesome. Seems like a flawed system. Seems like you want like a, a second in command yeah. or like even yeah. a third in command. Or... <laughs> yeah, you would think, right? But yeah. I, I do love like uh, the action scenes. And then you have Ruby Rod along with this ultimate <laughs> badass. The oh complete god, opposite. Oh my god, come on. Oh my god, come on. Come, oh my come, god. come on. Oh my god. When, it, when he sees like the Mangalores coming, come on. Come on. Come on. Oh my come god. on, my man. Oh my god. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I did have to rewatch this though because I noticed something. I expected this mega. Who, who's the so? Who's the main protagonist of this movie? Is it Corbin? I would say so. Who's the main antagonist of this movie? Is it Korg? I mean, I know you ultimately it's Z- Zorg. 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 Yeah. I would say so. It's it's the most tangible one. Okay, I mean, so you've yeah. got these two people that are making their way for this epic collision. They're never once on screen together. Never have a scene Very together. Very good point. I love that. Yeah, okay, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying I was waiting for it. I think that's and a... And then you're like, oh, God, that's he a died. Good point. It's really like the battle of good and evil. Like you never... Like this, like those putting them into words. Like you never like put, see them... It's not tangibly a, together, you know. It's not a final showdown. They are just always fighting, and right, they're always right. like they don't even know each other exists. Yeah, you it's, know? it's not like Star Wars where they're both going to show up with lightsabers and have a, some sort of duel of, of like equal duel with Darth. Maul, you know what yeah. I mean? It's it's not that because in 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 this, this world, Zorg is even with all his guns is never going to be a match for Corbin Dallas. It's not that's not his brand of evil. His is a strategic one, yeah. whereas Corbin Dallas is certainly more of just a shoot first, ask questions later. I love the the bit of the the countdown, and when he gets on his ship with the with the briefcase, like <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> I like just the the transition of like so elated and confused, and then to actually sadness. Yeah. And then he gets back on the ship. And there's five seconds left. Drops that. Mm-hmm. The ignition card, yep, yep. and then the other bomb comes. I just love the. That's what I mean by like things on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh well, he he got it. But then it's like, oh, this other group character that he betrayed before is there, and he, and they're just going to destroy. It's I. It works really, really well for me. I think it's. I think it's very smart. I think it's very smart that he can that he's able to disarm and then. It's all for naught. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do I do like that a lot. Just think about the poor bastards back on Earth right now that have been working hard for a couple years, saving their money for a vacation to Floston Paradise. Mm-hmm. And they turn on the news, and then they're supposed to leave tomorrow. <laughs> and they're like, Floston Paradise, burnt, blow it up. It's gone. You're like, what the fuck? God. I was going there tomorrow. I mean, like, that's like your cruise ship. My, but like, I'd be the opposite. Be like, oh, cool. I can get a lot more work done. Then. <laughs> <sighs> What the fuck? <laughs> this, this, yeah. 
We've been saving for this for five years. Five years. The people that took my money were on that shit. That's basically like people people seeing like the Titanic happen, <laughs> hearing about there, it in the there news. There were people that were in America ready to then get on yeah. the boat and take it across the, back across the ocean. Right. It, shit, it, it sank before you got there. <laughs> wow. I think we're going to fly. Well, can I get my money back? The guy, I just want to make mention of the guy. Ray. Ray. The gun. The gun. <laughs> yeah. That guy. That uh, like again, um, it should have been Will Ferrell. We've talked. It should have been Will Ferrell. Should have been Mugatu, basically. Yeah, (laughs) Um, dude. I just, I think I've said uh, a couple times, like we should have a most like huggable face. That guy is the most huggable face. I love it. And like he's got all the women like surrounding him, being like, oh, and he's even just being humble. He's like, I really didn't do much. I swear. No, I just just, like I just I just threw the thing over to him. It was just instinct. Yeah, exactly. He's like being very humble about it. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing, baby. It's like so funny. I love it. All right, final scene, guys. The four return to the temple on Earth as the great evil rushes toward the planet. The heroes arrange the stones in the temple to form their weapon. Dallas then convinces Lilu to perform her role, embraces her, and kisses her. At this point, Lilu releases the weapon's divine light, causing the great evil to become a new moon in Earth's orbit. Dallas and Lilu make love. I do like after all ah, this is over. Nice. After all this is over, nice. uh, Ruby Rouse, that's the best show I ever did. Yeah. It's like, guys, all we need to do. All we need to do is get our get some like dog like aliens to invade mm-hmm. our our studio here, and then we need a hot redhead. Okay, and then we need some stones of some of some sort. Stones, uh, stones. five of them. Yeah, uh, well, four, and then the hot redhead. Yeah, um, and then we need to save the world, and we can have the best podcast ever. Ah, that's that's the key. That I think that's the goal that we should strive for for the show if we want to have a good radio program. Is uh, Craig the Divine Light? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Great. Agro Craig. Agro Craig. Stone. There you go. Aggressive rock. Yeah. <laughs> he I, is. I think I told I told you that story about the Mighty Ducks. Go back and listen to our episode of a buddy of mine when we were watching D two in the in a pack theater. He goes Charlie Conway, Duluth, Minnesota. Gee Goldberg, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he started. He goes, Mark Rosberg, Marion, Iowa, in the pack theater. This moment, I just wish I could have been there because when he's like, v, "V's good," what are what are some words that begin with V? Well, valiant, vulnerable, very. That is the perfect timing for a fourteen-year-old kid to go vagina. vagina! <laughs> and I hope, I sincerely hope that happened at some point. Yeah. In fact, if the Fifth Element ever plays at our local theater, I'm going to go and yell vagina. Yeah. At that, at that time. <laughs> That's the only reason to go. It's yeah. really, at this point, <laughs> this it's the point? only reason I would probably go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, We'll no. see what you think about it. But yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah. It it was on the tip of every man's tongue watching this movie. I know it was. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's just try to get the word vagina in everyone's head without saying it. Fuck yeah, dude! A word that starts with V. Immediately, every man. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Vagtastic voyage. I also found it weird why when they got to this temple and they opened it up, where was the where was the bushlight robot that got stuck in <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Like where was it? Did it break down over this yeah, okay, whole time? Okay, so yeah, like they don't need oxygen, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess not. Uh, or even if yeah, the space suit. So oh, you mean you're thinking he's going to be alive? He should be alive. <laughs> Let alone even if he died, he should be like right there, just going. Ugh. Wait, wait, you're talking about the one who's like the arm got cut off. The one that uh, clearly being a superior race, they don't move very fast. Yes. That he could have made it. Yes, he's going to be like they walk in and he's just. <laughs> 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 Finally, oh, there you go. Uh, did you bring the key? key? <laughs> 
I was waiting. And they, they could have at least like stepped over his body or something like that. Well, wasn't what, the one, what the fuck's that? What? The one who got caught in there was yeah. the one whose arm got cut off, though. Yeah. That's Lilu. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Lilu's going to see her. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no it's not. No, they no. can't be because they just take the key from that. It's not the arm. Yeah, they yeah. blow up the ship and, she, and she's yeah, not Yeah, and on. then this is 300 years later when the ship blows up and they have the genetic DNA. So. I see. So no, okay. it's not. You so almost, the, oh, wow. Termina- That'd have been so, cool. That'd so it's not really cool. Terminator arm thing. It's no. okay. Right, right. Yes. Okay. It's, it was a different... A different Lee Lu, yes. different T one thousand. Okay, <laughs> different T one. Okay, different T one hundred. Got you. T one hundred. Perfect. It's gonna stay in this. Test I, mean, time. Like, I mean, that's a big thing. It's a big outfit too. Yeah. Like, just, I'm sure there's like an entertainment center in there. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever kind of things that the, <laughs> the Magashans uh, watch. <laughs> Magashans. Magashans. Mojo Shan. No, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure there's like, and he's got some Ed, Ed and Eddie in there. Yeah, something. The, uh, the stones. Using the stones and everything. What did you uh, like? I I really liked this part of it, especially when they got to the fire one. But I uh, again, I have such a problem with with wish Colin Hanks. Yeah, that's like we're not gonna make it. <laughs> My hands are shaking because I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, but I really did think it was cool. Um, how they eventually like got to this point, or or you know the it's like Clement, Clement, I, I don't smoke. If I knew, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> and he's got the one match, like and you see it earlier. Basically, too. it's like it's that like is Cobra. He had because he pulled he had two and he mm-hmm. pulled one out to light. His I love that. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend or my fiance so, um, was Please. watching it with me, and she's like, "That's gonna come back later." And I'm like, "Fuck." How'd you know? I love you. Will you <laughs> let it happen? <laughs> no, I like. <laughs> Will you just let art flow over you <laughs> once in your life? Um, no, I like the plot device of this. I like the the the, the elements. You know, he mm-hmm. puts the sand on the on the earth one, and it's cool. I like it how it all comes together. Yeah, I don't mind this. The final, like we did it. We defeated the evil. This is how it was. But then there, there's a few, there's three things at the very end that I'm not happy with. I, I fucking, first of all, let's get out of the way. I hate the freeze frame. What, what are we doing? It we're yeah. freeze framing. It, it very rarely works. Number two, you're bringing back the stupid fucking mom call right now to make this funny. You're bringing this back. Didn't the mom's calling the president. Talks to the president. The president's an idiot. I don't even know. I hate that, and and the one thing that I don't buy is the love story necessarily between Lilu and Corbin. And here's why I don't buy it: they are only ever together like three times in this movie, mm-hmm. and not for long at all. Mm-hmm. It's like in the cab, not long. Two uh, in the going to the airport, and then when they get on the space shuttle, they go to sleep. Then she is already gone. They never like reconvene. Until he he gets her when she's wounded, and then they show up in the in the place. So like, there's not enough time for these guys to fall in love. Yeah, it's, I it's agree. love at first, second, and third sight, Mike. Okay, That's, I just don't buy that. And fourth, <laughs> until you get to the fifth. <laughs> and, oh! um, no, I I was thinking that while watching this too. I'm just like, yeah, this seems like a little a little force, especially when he's like, tell me, say it to me, say it to me, please. I need to hear it. He's like, I. I I mean, I think I I like like you. (laughs) Tell her. I just got out of a relationship. I don't know how I feel. Exactly. Tell her, Corbin. I don't know. He seems like I have a tumultuous relationship with his mom. He's got to work that out. I think that. Um, 
Yeah, it seemed a little. They definitely have chemistry for sure. But yeah, yeah I, yes. I think I'm on top. I'm I'm with you when I you say it's you don't buy the love angle. We could have ended the movie in a different way. It honestly I, I seems like, like he's forcing it on yes. himself while he's telling him, I, I, "I love you." Yeah, yeah. I why think, not? I think yeah. I love you. I just want to fuck you. I love you. We had, we had to say, look, we had to save the planet. <laughs> but I just think we need to take some time. <laughs> He's not great with relationships. He's not a great relationship with his mother. He obviously is divorced or, or broken up with the, the previous one. I mean, it seems like it's a little little. Where fast. are they going to live? Yeah, where are they going to live? She's the divine, perfect being. They yeah. going to sleep on that twin twin bed that he's got? Yeah. They're not going to stay in, in his, that pod his, the whole time. No, yeah, in his Hey How'd Arnold apartment. There? Like, I mean, come on. It's just not going to happen. Was Corbin having them 3D dimension like a bigger penis or something? Is that how they were in there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, anything's possible. In anything's there. possible. You got the DNA. Yeah. Why, why do you think he needed the bigger one? Maybe it... Maybe it She's maybe the divine it, being. Yeah, but maybe that maybe it was the perfect size for the divine being. Mike. I don't know. <laughs> Bruce Willie. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we have dissected this movie with a modern eye, you guys. Just We've done it. scene by scene is the perfect way to end it. We got to give this a modern day rating. Sean, let's start with you on this one. I think it's really fun. Um, I think that it kind of still holds up as far as like my nostalgic uh, love for this. Um, but watching it now and day, I do, I do find here and there are some flaws. Um, I really don't feel the length in this movie, to be honest, mm -hmm. which I found surprising. Um, but it is, it is, uh, I really have nothing to say about it other than nothing negative to say other than just, um, it maybe is a lot to take in, but still kind of works for me. So it's, it's a very confusing, conflicting thing for me. I think it's just strictly entertaining mm -hmm. and on an entertainment level, it, absolutely pro provides that and i will revisit this probably anytime i'm gonna give this a uh this is a high three and a half for me on letterbox i'm gonna say this is a 7.895 7.8 i'm gonna call that a 7.9 there you go how dare you, you? can't I, you, you go son of a fine 7.89 okay <laughs> aj what about you um you can't have three digits yeah. in decimals <laughs> it messes my system up this is your little chart thing <laughs> um I, I again, I think that it's one of these movies that, um, although I don't seek it out like a ton, every time I see that it's available, I'm really excited to to watch it or click on it. It's like, oh, it's on Netflix again. It came back around for Netflix, and it's like, oh, awesome. Uh, Fifth Element, like I'm going to click on that. Um, is it? Does it seem like just a long winded version of like Captain Planet? Yeah, um, <laughs> but at the same time. Uh, I, I I do think it's highly entertaining. It's a wonderful cast of of just giants um, that all bring their element to this movie. God hey. damn it, they're a part to this movie. Um, you know, hey, consider consider the five elements of this of this movie, right? Bruce Willis and his action stardom, Gary Oldman and being the amazing chameleon that he is, Mila Jovovich for just being an on screen female badass. Uh, who kicks ass? Um, and then you've got uh, Chris Chris Tucker uh, in there as well. What do I got? Is that is that four? One, two, three, Luke four. Luke Perry. And then you've got Luke Perry. <laughs> Thank you so R. much, Luke Perry. Nine hundred two one zero. I just I I do think it's highly entertaining. Like Sean said, um, do I think it's still the great movie that it is? No, but even so, a lot of the special effects still hold up for me. So mm -hmm. honestly, I I really do think that. Um, 
that this movie is I I think that this movie is a 7.3. 7.3 for AJ. So yeah, this is my first watch and I did very much enjoy it. I was glad it wasn't um Event Horizon or 12 Monkeys. I'm glad it was a different movie. The thing I'm struggling with is that I I liked lately we've done so many movies. I like to compare it. I like to find the closest comparison movie and I like to see what I gave that rating as a baseline to say was it better or worse than that. And I felt this movie was like The Mummy in a weird way. Mm. I felt The Mummy and Fifth Element because there's like comedy and it's like a lot going on and it's kind of sci-fi and there's all this stuff and we got to save the world. And I felt they were very similar movies, but I think The Mummy was better overall. There was some stuff I there was some stuff I loved about this movie. There's some stuff I was just like, maybe I just need to watch it more or maybe I needed it in my childhood to get to a point where I could appreciate it. Um, loved so many performances, but like for me, the second half of the movie really just kind of goes, oh, okay, like it, I liked the first half a lot better than the second half in a weird way. Loved Chris Tucker, but I think they overused him. Mm. Like I think I would have been great if Chris Tucker's character had died on the ship. Like don't come with us to the temple too. You know, like it just felt like it was just things went on a little too long. Maybe I'm wrong in that. So I have to give it slightly less than I gave the mummy. And maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need to visit, revisit the mummy, but I'm going to give this a six. I'm going to give this a six. Okay. So Starling, executive producer who chose this movie, he says, watching the movie now, I can appreciate how visually beautiful the film is. The world Luke Besson created still feels artistically relevant today. I find it hard to believe this was made in 1997. The movie was so 90s with Luke Perry's unnecessarily casting, but how can you not love the few minutes he's on screen? The music and the casting are extremely multicultural with Egyptian, Middle Eastern, and Jamaican music adding to each scene. Music, but no real vocals. Musically, you cannot really date the film. That's a good point. Basson set up uh, 2263, very much the Star Trek approach. It, it is going to be diverse. Did I buy Tom Lister as a president? I didn't. He seemed more like a general, but I loved him in this movie. A mixture of beautiful people from all backgrounds, and no offense to anyone, but the hottest bald woman in one movie I've ever seen. Oh, Try yeah. to think of who that is. Um, the uh, one of the handlers for the Mywin character. Ah, you're right. Yeah, she was good, very good looking. Gorgeous. As for Bruce Willis, he was a true movie star in this role. He's a stud in the blonde hair and sporting an orange tank throughout half the movie. Everything he says and the way he carries himself is ultra cool, which may just be the Bruce Willis way, but it works in this movie. Lilu falls for him. The president listens to him. The priest follows him and the diva immediately trusts him. He looks so good and so badass. This isn't just an action star. He's a sexy leading man in this. He's carrying the senses and not just the action ones. For 20 years now, I've been trying to understand how Lilu came from those giant aardvarks, but it's aardvarks. something I must accept and <laughs> move on. The movie introduces us to concepts that would later be our realities. Lilu comes to life with 3D printing. Brooklyn becomes a thriving city, and Zorg has a Roomba. We're on the same page here. <laughs> if the food trucks could float outside my window, my life would be complete. Hell yeah. Indeed. L- Lilu has a unique that. arc in the movie. First, she's the hot body in the glass case. Then she is the childlike creature that first must be protected. Then comically learns our ways. Then she evolves to a fighting machine who gets overstimulated from the destruction she's witnessed in one day. She has more in put than Johnny Five. One of my favorite scenes is when we have no effing clue what she's saying, but laugh as she explains 
Laugh with her as she explains they figured out to switch the case of stones. I'm not a gun guy, but I do kind of want ZF1 as my prop. Uh-huh. Can't have it. Sorry, Sean, I took it. <laughs> Zorg was my first introduction to Gary Oldman. He's so good with evilly capitalist with the best analogy for financial benefits of destruction. I have never quite understood if all life is destroyed, that he is not going with it, or who is left to pay for him. Pay him? That's yeah, something yeah. to think about. Yeah, see? He doesn't want to rule the universe, just profit from it. How he chose to use a southern gentleman's accent, which gave opposite of the usual effect and somehow added to his evil. I never realized how under the radar his death was until now. He just got blown up. No battle scene. He just thought he stopped a bomb that someone else restarted. Simple. (laughs) Poof. We have bigger fish to fry. (laughs) I would punch David in the face if technically he wasn't the one who figured out how to save the world. How is he supposed to be the next priest? Exactly. (laughs) Wish wish, uh, Colin Hanks. Wish Colin Hanks. Ruby Rod comes into the movie almost exactly at the halfway mark. He has a character come into a movie so late with so much impact since Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Great comparison. This is a characterization that could have destroyed Chris Tucker's career if it had not gone well. I'm pretty sure they had Ruby go down on that flight attendant just to put the 1990s audience at ease with his sexuality. It's a really, uh, it's a yeah. really fucking good point. Yeah, true. But once they did that, it totally opened him to be as flamboyant as he wanted to be. Also, considering the era of the films when this came out, he could have easily been a villain in a Joel Schumacher Batman. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> I love that he yeah. gets the fourth element. Why do I have to get the broken one? Father, do you smoke? I'm still laughing. Rating this movie today and watching with a critical eye, I never appreciated how beautifully this film was shot. Four main characters, a soldier, an alien, a priest, and a DJ, offer most of the story with perfect balance. I am only bored twice in this movie. The first half, the scene when they first meet the priest and the whole speech about the earth is worth saving because of love. The love speech always loses me, but when mm. you look at it from Lilu's perspective, she is shot, she's been shot at in every scene in the film, so maybe, fuck earth. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I will always watch this movie. I will always look for it if it has been a few years since seeing it. It was ahead of its time, and for that, I will give it an 8.5. Nice. Wow. Honestly, I might still be a 9, but watching this critically and taking notes took me out of a few moments. Why do I have a weird feeling AJ has never seen this? (laughs) You were close. It was me. Too bad. So, guys, that takes us to a 7.42 for an overall rating. I apologize for bringing it down, but that's just how it goes. 7.42 takes this to number 47 on our list. Just below Fast Times at Ridgemont High, just above Clue. Oh, I like I, it. I think it lives. I think it lives very well there. I'm glad it's in the top fifty. That's what I'm saying. Spot for it. Yeah. And you never know. We're gonna have to change a couple of those ratings you at some know. point. Yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week for Super Mario Bros. Oh God! In honor of the new one, we had to do it. Followed by the first Harry Potter movie, which is an AJ choice. We're gonna hit yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, also, if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. Tremors. Yeah, buddy. A fun episode. The best fuck you ever on screen. Go back. That's what I'm saying. And uh, revitalized by the latest Mentos commercial we made out of Tremors. Tremors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite one. And don't forget, we have a voicemail. Call us at 319-804-9596. Leave us some feedback like today's caller. As it's your boy, Zach, a.k.a. Peter Fitz. I just listened to the Airheads episode. Then I had to listen a second time. I had to make sure that what I heard was right when I heard you say all this garbage about this cinematic masterpiece with a completely bitchin' soundtrack. I have to say, I feel betrayed. BC Dubs, I can't believe you didn't mention the first time you referenced this movie was back in the Three Ninjas episode, your theory on the surf bad guys becoming oh, the Sons yeah. of Thunder. Fuck also, wow. Michael McKeon being metal royalty because, hello, 
Spinal Tap. Spinal yeah, tap. yeah. Most Punchable is Mr. Nipple Ring. Prophets <laughs> and Naked Pictures of B. Arthur. I would love to get into all the ways you were wrong, but we don't have that kind of time in a voicemail. After jamming us to Motorhead, I had to go back and listen to some old episodes. Anyway, I pondered over those old episodes like a battered wife looking through an old photo album, trying to convince herself she's not in an abusive relationship. They don't mean to hurt me. They just had too much to drink that one time. If you could only see the way they used to be, you would understand how much they care. Your reviews cut deep. Then I fell in love all over again when you discussed my cock. Seriously, though, love you guys. Keep up the great work. PCU would be outstanding. Yes, it would. Look forward to Big Trouble in Little China. You're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. Okay, bye. Love you, man. That's pretty much how you do Thanks, a voicemail bro. right there. I yeah. mean, it's kind of, you know, we, we cut you deep. We hurt you, but you're always going to come we back. We bring you back. We yeah. bring you back in. Yep. Uh, just like the unfortunate reference that you kind of made. Very unfortunate there, but reference, hey, but you know what? That is your call to say whatever you want. That's what our voicemail's for. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. And I respect you for leaving us a review and listening for this pod to this podcast. Leave us that five star review, guys. And uh, make sure you find us on social media at Confused Breakfast just about anywhere. Uh, for uh, And make sure you also check us out on YouTube. We got the new set. Check it out. It's dope. Go to confusedbreakfast.com to check out our merch. We got some coffee mugs. We got some shirts. We got some shirts with our sayings on it. We got shirts with uh, our logo on it. You can also go to confusedbreakfast.com and see our ratings of every movie we've ever done. See this one? It's just, it just hit top 50, 47, right? Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah, you can see our individual ratings as well as the show ratings uh, all on Best I gotta way, pee. Best way you can support this podcast, talk to uh, all of our sponsors. Go go use those codes we give you. Go go buy some cool stuff from our sponsors. And also check us out at patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. Support this podcast. Join. Get all kinds of bonus perks there. We are produced by Upload Media Group here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Craig, man in the controls. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Craig. Uploadmediagroup.com. Also, we are part of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Learn more there at cloud10.fm. That's it for us. So long. Love you. Got to pee. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.